The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Nick Harris, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, live from the star in Frisco in the SWBC studios, the brand new SWBC studios inside the star as we are back from training camp and we are gearing up for the second leg of training camp here at the star in Frisco and then also for the regular season with Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Machota, I'm Kyle Yeomans, the entire crew is here and good thing because we've got some new digs to talk about gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, new indeed. How do you like it? I love it. I love it. We were talking about it earlier about how every show just kind of has a different feel to it, which I really appreciate. That's that's uh, that's big time to whoever designed it, I guess. John, you liked the last studio, but I mean, I like the last studio. This is <laughs> this is better, but I mean, the last studio I thought was really nice too. You know, uh, I mean, if you guys seen how plain and boring my place was, like there's just only a couple pictures on the wall, like no plants or anything. I mean, it just looks like you can really just do a simple move in and out. Uh, so to see all this stuff and how quickly they changed everything, like, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's really nice. Yeah, we just got up, went to training camp, came back, and this is what it looked like. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. This is, uh, yeah, this is a good vibe. It's a good vibe. Got TVs all over the place, cameras, high def, uh, a little Brandon on the wall. Zach Martin's on the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wonder when that was done. Um, <laughs> but it, it looks good. I always wonder, like, Optimal who makes thinking. these things? Like, is this... Like, who's making, like, is that your job full-time? Do people just make sets? Are are there enough, do enough people need sets that your full-time job is is to make sets? Because what else would you do? I mean, I don't know how making this table would be similar to me making, like, a table for someone's house or something like that. So I always wonder, like, I always thought about that on SportsCenter, because SportsCenter are always, you know, trying to switch stuff up and things like that. I'm like, who's doing this? Yeah. Is that your full-time job? I think it is a full-time job for, for certain design companies. But like you said, I mean, you're not just going to put this in your uh, your house. Like, this isn't going to be in your dining room. And hey, point. where's the old one? It, see, that's the thing. I hear they're taking bids on the old one. So if you want to try out right. it, it's in the it's in the I'll other room. It it's in the storage. You can that's take cool. some bids on how it. How do you determine see how what big the cutout is? Yeah, it's a great question. Mm. It's a great question. Is it standard? I don't know. What is standard? <laughs> well, what would you What would you call standard? <laughs> we had to make sure Nate fit it in between. Ah, so. it's got to be Nate Newton. New Nate size. or old Nate? Mm. Old Nate, just in case. <laughs> oh, just in case. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. All right, let's get into it. Preseason game number two is in the books. 22-14, the Cowboys fall to Seattle on Saturday. Isaiah, it was a pleasure being in the booth with you for Absolutely. the last two games. You're going to kill it this week because I'll be not in the booth. We'll have some high school football to deal with. So, and put the ball. Um, Michael Irvin will come and replace me, so he'll do a great job, I guess. Um, Michael Irvin. Who's that? He, he played back him. in the day at some point. So, uh, But, yeah, Seattle – Takes down Dallas. There was a lot to learn, I think, in that game, John. Whenever you go back and you look at the film, there, there was a lot going on. <laughs> there was a lot going on both sides of the football. We'll get to the injuries in a couple moments, but what were your overall takes? So I think by this point, we should be used to the fact that, okay, Jalen Tolbert has made this jump, but there's still always just, I don't know, man, these last couple of weeks, I'm, just, I'm impressed. And I, I think it goes back to kind of, it's all about your perception. What were you expecting of the player? 
And maybe my expectations were too low, but from what I've seen from him, and he carried it over into the Seattle game, like I kind of just feel like he's he's ready to contribute. Like it's not can he win the number four job? Like if they need him on a Sunday, I I feel pretty confident in what they have in him. And the other thing that has stood out to me this entire time about Jalen Tolbert, Isaiah would obviously know this a lot better than I would, but just the fact that from practice to games, whatever. It's not like he's always playing with the same quarterback either. You know, like CeeDee Lamb's probably not going to catch many passes from anybody other than Dak Prescott. And mm-hmm. whether it's game, practice, whatever, like it's, I feel like Tolbert, you know, I mean, I've seen him make some great grabs out at camp from Will Greer. And then he plays with Cooper Rush and seems like everything clicks there. Um, so let's see how it goes when he's with Dak. But uh, I've been very impressed with Jalen Tolbert. What did you think about him? Yeah, Tober did a good job. I think he's been relatively consistent all all training camp, all the way through the preseason. So, I mean, he's definitely showing up. He's becoming a guy that everybody really hoped he would have been last year. Sometimes it takes a little bit more time for some guys. Um, but either way, the light bulbs come on, and it's LED. It's not halogen. So he's doing. <laughs> he, he's shining bright like a diamond. For sure. Do you think it would be the same thing if for him if, let's say, they stayed with Kellen Moore and it was the same offense? Or do you think that this offense helps – him acclimate quicker or do you think it's all on just him that hey he put the work in it wouldn't yeah, matter i mean that's a good question I, I don't think any of us can really put our finger on it um i think that he definitely has grown in his confidence um, he his offseason approach seemingly seemed different uh, he came in, in in better shape it looked like he's ready for camp um, but then i think a lot of these shorter routes kind of play to his favor um, Kellen Moore, a lot more majority of his routes were kind of pushed down the field. That's not to say that Jalen Tober can't run routes down the field. I just think that he's able with his frame to win on these slant routes. And you saw him kind of set it up even in the first quarter, you know, set guy outside, come across his face, right? being able to make a, a good, solid, strong catch at the point of, um, you know, high point the ball. All those type of things are really working in his favor. So um, that's going to obviously benefit him um, in his positioning to be able to be the fourth guy on this roster. Um, and we know that the fourth guy is going to get some tick uh, on, on this team. So, you know, he's put he's definitely done a great, great job of positioning himself. I, I will say just having a new system and being able to come into this new year with a new system, it allows for a complete refresh for him. And I, I think it benefited him arguably more than than anybody coming into their second year uh, just because he, he's allowed to regain that confidence in a completely new system. He's allowed to pick up those things and kind of just throw away everything that happened last year. And um, I, I think he's been able to do that really well. The confidence is stacking each and every day. I mean, we see it every time he hits the field. And you were talking about just kind of a developed route tree he's starting to have, which is really fun in this offense because he can do the short stuff. He can do the stuff downfield as well. We've seen that through the two preseason games. Um, I, I think he had a pass in the first quarter on Saturday where it was downfield on the sideline. Just got physical with his guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it shook off DPI. Wasn't OPI this time. And I asked him after, I was like, did you think it was maybe OPI? They were throwing it on you again. And he was like, nah, it couldn't have been that time. But um, and was that Michael Jackson, who's a was. guy that is a player that yeah. it's not like it's a guy that's not going to be on a roster. You know, that's the thing so often in preseason people be like oh but who was he doing against but i mean michael jackson's a pretty good corner absolutely he's probably going to start for seattle opposite of Tariq woolen who was of course a pro bowler last year as a rookie so i I think you have options with jalen tolbert this is a rankum that's on dallascowboys.com if you didn't check it out already it it was really well done by the entire team uh rankum selecting all oxnard teams as camp ends at least camp on the oxnard on the west coast Brandon Cooks was number four, so that was the top wide receiver mention. C.D. Lamb was number six, and Jalen Tolbert was right behind him at number seven. C.D. Lamb has made a name for himself in Oxnard the last couple of years, and he's made a name for himself for other reasons too. But the the fact that 
he's always been the number one receiver to watch. And the fact that Jalen Tolbert is right up there snug next to him because of his performance and what he did on the West Coast, I think is a huge plus for this offense because it's almost like adding, if he can continue this, it's adding a receiver in the offseason that you didn't have last year, adding another weapon that you didn't have last year, and it just opens up the possibilities across the board. I do have a question. Do you think he's closer, and I know it's early, he, he needs to prove it in the regular season, don't get me wrong, but do you think he's closer to pushing Michael Gallup than someone is to push him at this point? Ooh, talking about for wide receiver three? Yeah. If you take the paycheck out of it. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. That makes sense, for sure. Yeah, but I, I mean, even without the paycheck involved, you're still going to get targets because it's game time. You might get fed targets. <laughs> it's not how it works, Kyle. No, no, <laughs> I'm not. not how no, it I, Michael Gallup is going to get the three reps no matter what. I don't think Dak it. Prescott is paying Michael Gallup, my dude. No, but like, the other guys he's going to throw the ball. If Jalen Tolbert's open, he's going to get Jaylen the ball. Jalen Tolbert's not going to be on the field because four receivers are hardly ever going to be fair. on the field. Yeah. So Michael Gallup is another three guy, and because of his paycheck, Rotation. he'll be on the he'll be on the field. Yeah, especially with the way this offense likes to use tight ends, and I. I I've been thinking about that. You know, Jalen Tolbert's had this great camp. He's doing so many good things in preseason. But when can we see him on the field in the regular season? How is that going to work? I, I, I've just kind of been thinking about that. I'm curious to see that in week one, how many snaps he really gets. But I, I think it'll be intriguing nevertheless. Does it help in the fact that last year, whenever they did have the three wide receivers, the, the, or the so-called three wide receivers that you kind of went with, which was Lamb, Callup, and Noah Brown, there really wasn't there was a there was a distance gap between the three and the four. So now that you have a, a closer four than you did last year, maybe there is a better rotation yeah. between the two. Michael Gallup last year was expected to come back from injury and be wide receiver two to CD Lamb. That was the expectation for Mike. It didn't live up to that expectation because partially I think he rushed back from the injury. He wasn't completely healthy and he pushed through it because he's a team player and he was trying to be available for his squad. But now there aren't those expectations for Michael Gallup. The paycheck says one thing, no doubt. But Jalen Tolbert has a, a top 100 tag on him as well. He was a third-round pick. There's a pride factor in that as well. He's going to get opportunities just as much as Michael Gallup does. I understand there's a paycheck, but there's also draft stock, and there's a pride that goes back and forth between the two of them. I think he's going to see a significant rotation. Now, is he expected to be a 1,000-yard receiver? Is he going to be on the field as a starter? Probably not. He's going to have to do it in rotation. But, John, I, I think whenever you look at Jalen Tolbert, you, he's earned that rotation just based off of the way that he's practiced and the way that he's played in these two preseason games already. Yeah, I just feel like there's always going to be injuries in football. And, you know, you mentioned getting to Cedric Will or Noah Brown, Cedric Wilson. There's sure. just been guys over the years where, yeah, maybe right off the start of the season, you don't necessarily think that you're going to get a lot from them. But just the way the position is played and, and the, how physical the game is. You just never know when something's going to happen, and then you have to be called on immediately to step in. So in a way, I mean, if he doesn't play a ton this season, maybe it's a good sign for the Cowboys that because that meant all your top three receivers performed and they all stayed healthy, but that's also you also got to be a realistic. I mean, it's a long season, and, and injuries happen. And, there, and, and when I say injuries, too, I don't even mean necessarily the – oh, this guy tore an ACL, he's out for the season. I'm talking about in the middle of a game, you know, a guy twists his knee, something, he has to come out, like, for a few plays or something. Jalen Tolbert is going to have to step in right away. And from what we've seen, he looks like he can handle that. Whereas last year, I mean, that's why you went out and got T.Y. Hilton, because you didn't know if you had that next guy that, that could kind of step up. And now they have to feel good about what they have there. Now, what about the defensive side of the football? Because <laughs> uh, the defense, of course, you're not seeing any starters, Isaiah. But what did you see on Saturday against Seattle, and, and what were some of the things that you took away from that one? Uh, I feel 
as if the defensive line was doing a good job of getting up the field. Um, but I don't think there was a lot of gap discipline there in the game, um, obviously with their quarterback being able to take off a bunch. Uh, so there were some, some holes there that they have to sure up. Um, obviously, we'll get to the injury stuff. Mm-hmm. The secondary, you know, Wanye Thomas, he's had one heck of a preseason. I mean, even without the interception, that dude is flying around. Um, even towards the end of the game, I'm, I was watching him on plays where nobody's even looking at him. I'm like, this dude is playing still with a ton of energy left. Um, so I'm super proud of him and what he's been able to produce in the, in the preseason. This, the young secondary, um, you know, the Eric Scott Juniors of the world, um, those guys still have a lot to learn seemingly about just awareness, kind of just proprioception, just being aware of where they're, where they're at in space. Um, there's a lot of opportunities I think we saw in the game where they were unaware of where the ball was at. Um, and those are things that you know that you learn, right? You see it on film, you experience it, you see it on film. You know, Al Harris coaches them up, and then they're ten times better the next couple opportunities. But in terms of what we've seen so far, I think awareness, spatial awareness, is important. Um, eye discipline is, is something that also needs to be shared up on. But when when you're in that position, you're so locked in as a young player. You're so locked in, even a draft pick, because you're not guaranteed on this roster on that side of the ball that you're going to be retained. Um, you're you're locked in on your assignment. And sometimes when you're so intent on trying to do your assignment, you forget some of the other tangible things that you that also are required, the other attributes that are required for you to be a holistic player. Um, and that's really the battle for young guys in the preseason. And it's frustrating because it's like, oh, I did this, but God, dog, and I forgot about this, you know. Uh, and those one little things, you know, I, I, I did a good job. I, I got my hand on them at the line of scrimmage. I shadowed them. I got my hand on the hip. I stayed with them the whole route. But shoot, I forgot to turn around and find the ball. And there's a completion, right? And it's like the ultimate goal was still achieved by the by the offensive player because you missed that one little checkbox. So overall, they're looking relatively good. Just got to tighten up some things with some of the younger guys. Um, looking forward to seeing the, the ones, obviously, here really in a, in a couple weeks, uh, putting it all out there. But in terms of these guys, they're, they're, they're coming along as you would expect in the preseason. Yeah. I think it's all t- one thing I just want to add on that real quick is just I think it's funny how you mentioned about guys potentially like young guys having nerves because I think a lot of fans would watch these games and be like, it's a preseason game, mm-hmm. 9 o'clock start in Seattle. Like, you as a fan might not take it that serious because Dak's not out there and 25 veterans aren't out there. But to these guys, this is everything. Yep. This is, yeah. you know, a little mistake. I remember you talking about it early in camp when we, were, when we had one of our first shows about how, like, one little thing you'll remember for the rest of your mm-hmm. life. If it, like, So I think it's easy sometimes to kind of, if you're a fan, to not Disregard. think about it, especially mm-hmm. in the second half of some of these games because you're just like, who really, you know? I was watching the tail end of the game that was on right before the Cowboys game on NFL Network with the, with the Bears, and it was just dragging on. And I'm sitting there as a fan going, just run the clock and get this game over with. Nobody cares. But hmm. these players care. The players that are out there, this means a lot to them. And so I always think about that, too, when people talk about, just get rid of the preseason. You don't need the preseason. Yeah, that's fine for some of your starters. But, like, there's a <laughs> lot of guys that they want these preseason games, and the coaching staff wants it so they can evaluate them. Yeah, the preseason's unforgiving uh, on all three in all three phases of the game. It's unforgiving. I, I think we saw special teams. Uh, the punt, the the, uh, the the punt that got Block. blocked on Saturday night. Hmm. You know, Rico had this great game, and that's, that's the thing that's focused on on afterward you know so uh it's unforgiving at times but i wanted to especially highlight eric scott talking about the defensive side of the ball because i feel like we saw the highest of what his potential could be and we also saw the first year learning curve that he still has to take the highest potential being on the very first drive getting two pass breakups on tyler lockett yes i'm saying two because one of them was definitely out of bounds it's not a completion so i'm accounting for him Uh, he's probably getting graded out that way by the staff too so like if he's going to get graded out that way then that's how we should treat it um and then another one that forced a, a fourth down did did fantastic job against mm-hmm. the ones in that first drive but then later
later later in the first half uh, gave Jackson Smith and Jigba inside leverage. And if you have if you know anything about Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's going to take advantage of that every single time. Quick release slant, he was gone. I, I will give Eric Scott credit though; he he was able to pick up uh, ground on him and at least uh, get into a position to make a play. But uh, Jackson's Jackson, and he did his thing. But um, I, I'm really excited to see what his process looks like. I think I think um, you know give him a year in the system, mm-hmm. let, let him you know maybe take a valuable rep here or there as the season goes on. You know just to get just get his feet wet but i think he's eventually going to be a contributor on this team for sure i'm excited about some of these these young players and i I was excited about a couple young players that went down on saturday as well and and we're going to get to that when we come back on the other side of the break demarvian overshone john stephen jr both torn acls and and just ultimately uh, a gut punch for two guys that had great camps were really finding a role on this team both offensively for stevens and then of course overshown on the defensive side but when we come back Let's talk about how the Cowboys have to react now. Are they okay at linebacker? Do they have enough at this young tight end room to keep you confident going into the regular season? Or should some moves be made? We'll even talk about the offensive line a little bit. When we come back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream. <gasps> Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. (laughs) New Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream. The new flavor you deserve. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's segment number two in our brand-new SWBC podcast studio. Nick Harris, John Machota, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Now, two guys go down, three guys technically, if you want to count Matt Willetsko as well. Not nearly as serious for Matt Willetsko, but we'll talk offensive line here in a couple moments. Torn ACL for DeMarvian Overshone, third-round pick out of Texas, linebacker who was shining in the preseason. I talked to Dan Quinn just a couple days before the game against Seattle, and I asked him, 
which young guy has he been most impressed with? And he gave me DeMarvian Overshow. That was the first name out of his mouth. He, did, he ended up saying Eric Scott Jr., to your point, in the last segment. But Dan was very complimentary about Overshow and his versatility, his talent level. I thought he was very high on, on what he had. And, and to see him go down was a gut punch. I know, Isaiah, you and I were surrender cobra in the in the booth um sorry i i i I said it like kind of in a joking manner we were both like this in the booth because you could see it pretty immediately uh and then john steven jr or john stevens jr later in the game uh goes down with an acl as well and and an undrafted free agent out of louisiana lafayette that had shined all training camp as well let's start with overshown isaiah i mean without him in the fold feels like there's already a void even though this defense is stacked, and there's a lot of a lot of position groups that are very deep. I don't know if linebacker necessarily counts in that regard. No, every, pretty much every position group on defense is dense aside from linebacker, and I think everybody would probably go on record saying that that was the one position group that you were probably uneasy about mm-hmm. if there were to be an injury at any point in time during the season um, or preseason. They were not in a position to be able to afford an injury I mean, even when Malik Jefferson went down. Sure. Yeah. They've lost two worried. guys now. Yeah, I was worried with Malik Jefferson. And obviously his is not season ending mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but he's he was fighting for a roster spot. But even with him, I'm like, okay, he went down. Ooh, all right. That's, ooh, that's about all they can afford. You know, um, it sucks. Um, and I feel for him. I've unfortunately been in the situation as he's been in, and it's terrible. It's he has a, a positive outlook, and it's it's awesome, right? His spirit is awesome. His outlook is awesome. Um, but that's forward-facing, and that might very well be internal as well, but he's going to need some support because, yeah. I mean, he knew what he was doing, you know, on the field. He knew the product he was putting on the field. He knew how the shape he came in. He knew how prepared he was when he when he stepped on the field. He also knew the value, and the coaches know the value, of of what he provided to the team. And – you now take that element out of it, right? I say, regardless if you want to title him a linebacker or a safety, I mean, he's, you know, J. Ron Curse. It's just, that, yeah. that's what he is. You're right. I mean, that's that's pretty much what he is. I don't care what number you give him. I don't care where you put him at on the field, third third level or second level. He's another J. Ron Curse. And he was going, and Curse was going to appreciate him because yeah. he was going to take some of the physicality off of him. Now you miss that. Um, and now you're asking somebody else to step into the fold. Devin Harper is fully capable to come and play linebacker, but he doesn't have the versatility that DeMarvin Overshawn has. He doesn't. I mean, he, you got, he could be as great as he can be, but nobody else possesses that versatility um, aside from those two players on the roster, Curse and Overshawn. And now you're missing one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think gut punch is the best way to say it, especially with those two guys. And going into this preseason, the – the, the linebacker depth was thin, but I, I feel like everyone had an agreement that it was capable. And now you have two guys down in that room, one for the season. It almost forces you to make a move there when you could have made that same move for offensive line or hmm. maybe you don't have to make that move for kicker now. So maybe that's the maybe that's the cancel out. But um, I'm sure we'll get into that at some point. But I think this especially really sucks for John Stevens Jr. Because it basically resets where he was at whenever he entered training camp because he's going to have to go back into training camp next year as a second year player oh this guy was great at training camp last year but he he got hurt so we got to see it again and so he's basically got to start right back over and prove everything that he's proven this this training camp so i think it especially hurts for john stevens because once overshone walks back into training camp next year everyone knows what that potential is everyone's going to put him in those positions to succeed and not that they're not going to put positions for john stevens jr to succeed it's just i think that's going to be a lot harder for him to do 
Yeah, I just go back to that first preseason game. One of my biggest takeaways from that game was, man, I feel a lot better about this linebacker group with the way Damone Clark and DeMarvion Overshow yeah. played. Because going into that game, that was one of my biggest concerns or biggest question marks was like, what do they have here outside of Leighton Vander Esch? You saw signs from Damone Clark last year, but you're like, you want to see more there. And the way the, those two played early in that game, I was like, well, that answers a lot of questions there. They got to feel great about linebacker now. So that happens, and it just, I don't know. The way that the injury happened, too, it's just such a freak. And also, he's making a big play, too, no when doubt. it goes down. Uh, but just to happen out on the sideline like that is just, I don't know. It just, it's not like any ACL is, you understand it, but that is just so much worse when it happens on something that you're just like, I can't believe that that's the play that's going to end his season. But for me, personally, I just look at linebacker as it's, I'm, I think it might be the most dangerous position in sports. And I think a lot about like the Chris Borlands and Luke Keekleys and the Patrick Willis's that, you know, we got to see a lot of greatness from especially Willis and Keekley, but they both, you know, hung it up early. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a tough, I mean, heck, just here, Sean Lee, it just always seemed like if it, it was one thing after another, Leighton Vanders had his, his issues, obviously. Um, it just, it's such a dangerous position that you just almost never feel comfortable about your depth there. But now I look at the roster and I'm like, I almost feel like you got to go out and try and get some type of a veteran, uh, at least for some depth. You don't necessarily, you're not going to get a DeMarvian overshow, sure. but you're going to need probably some depth there. Yeah, filling the void not only from a versatility standpoint is is pretty much impossible for a guy like DeMarvian Overshone who's missing, but then it turns into a numbers game because depending on how long Malik Jefferson's out, you have Devin Harper, Jabril Cox, Leighton Vander Esch, Damone Clark, Am I missing anybody? I mean, uh, there might yeah. be one more name that I'm missing, but uh, for the most part, that's it. Uh, those are your four guys as a linebacking core. And like John said, all it takes is one hit. And just like it did with DeMarvin Overshone, just as it did with Malik, Def- Malik Jefferson, it takes one hit. There are some names out there. Kyle Van Noy is still on the open market, 32 years old, spent last year with the Chargers, former Patriot. Definitely uh, he would be a veteran He's to a bring true, in. true linebacker. True inside linebacker. Uh, Jayon Brown from Las Vegas last year. He's 28 years old. He's on the open market. Gerard Davis, John Bostick, Micah Kaiser, Jermaine Carter. Those are just some of the names that are there. So there are options. Now, are they exciting options? No, but at this point in the process, you're not going to see a whole lot of exciting options. I think last year you saw it with Anthony or, uh, with Anthony Barr bringing in Barr and bringing him into the mix, but that was even a training camp. This is later than that move was made but that was a similar move for depth and a guy that could play in a rotation and linebacker should something happen to Leighton Van Der Esch and he ended up playing next to Leighton Van Der Esch for quite a bit at the start of the season I think this the conversation about trade equity has to present itself again Um, Hmm. as you start looking to where you're actually deep at on this team defensive line guys are most likely guys are either going to get let go or you're going to get traded it's just it is what it is. It's a numbers game at that position. They're just too deep. They're too deep at that position. Um, and there's too many teams that need solid defense alignment. So you might – obviously, I'm, I know – I'm pretty sure they're looking around rosters, looking, trying to say, okay, who's a little deeper at the linebacker position or even, like, position flex. Maybe somebody has a big safety that we can bring down, you know, who necessarily hasn't fit in with that scheme sure. and their, their current team that would fit in perfectly here because – I don't think that Dan Quinn and this defense is looking for a true linebacker. They don't want another true 
linebacker. And when I say true linebacker, I'm talking about a Van Der Escher, Jamon Clark. Those are true linebackers. Like, put them in the box, come downhill, take on offensive linemen. They're looking for some people with some versus, you know, some flex. And that's what Overshone provided. And equally as excited as they were about Overshone on defense, they were just as excited about John Stevens on de- on offense and what he was, how he was coming along and the and the assets that he provided them when they got down to the red zone. We saw it in camp. You know, when they got down to the red zone, who was going in there? Well, all right, it was, it was either Hendershot or, or Stevens. That's pretty much what it was. And Stevens, you know, a.k.a. Stretch, he's he's a big body. And mm-hmm. um, I know Lunda Wells right now has to be crying in a car because that was his project. You know, that was – Coach, was, don't, cry, don't cry in a car. Hey, cry in a car, that. man. It's okay. We all, it all happens. But, it happens to everybody, but yeah, don't do that, Coach. Um, but, you know – I know a lot of attention is going to be put on Overshone because he was a higher high draft pick, and Stevens was, you know, obviously got picked up. But he has a, a bright upside as well, a bright, bright, bright upside. And he was coming along camp, and they were going to give him the time. I believe they were going to give him the time that was needed to become a, a real asset as a tight end in this on this roster. Um, I know a lot of people are going to say, "Well, was he going to make it?" I think he was trending more towards making it. Yeah, personally. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, two quick things on the linebacker depth. A, um, whenever we were on the conference call with Mike McCarthy yesterday, he mentioned Devin Harper, Jabril Cox as guys that are going to have to step up. He also mentioned Tyrus Wheat, undrafted free agent of hmm. Mississippi State, correct? Mississippi, yes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State, um, a, a guy that has a little bit of that versatility between um, the first and second level, not necessarily yeah. the second and third. But honestly, Overshone, I feel like eventually he was going to grow into that body where he was more of the first, second level. And, yeah. and that's just because of his pass rush background. Texas because they transitioned him from that safety down to linebacker, put all that weight on, saw that wide frame, and then he was rushing the passer a lot last year at Texas. So I felt like that was what he was trending more towards, but he has said before, I can play on all three levels. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they would have toyed about or toyed around with some different ideas. But nevertheless, uh, Tyrus Sweet's a guy. Also, second thing, on linebacker depth, I think waiver wire is going to be very interesting next week in that department. I think that's going to be – they're going to look around at some guys and try to pull somebody that they can at least put in the depth of that room and watch them work. And also, I wouldn't mind seeing Isaiah Land get some get some opportunities in, the, in, in that instance as well. I know when he first came in, uh, he had talked about inside linebacker as well. And I mm-hmm. think he has an interesting – skill set for that he's wreaked havoc on the d-line yeah, he has he's been he fun has. and i don't want to take him away from that yeah, That's the him thing. and we both of those guys have yeah, been beasting on the d-line in the preseason absolutely I mean, when those two are in together it's like oh crap well this might be your fourth or fifth d-line but y'all better strap up as offensive tackles because these mm-hmm. guys are gonna they're gonna cause you some havoc they've been they've been fun to watch both yeah. those guys were very high uh on the draft board for the cowboys during april and and they were high priority free agents going into that that process as well. So having both of them there and and showing out, I think, is encouraging. It, it it's tough to see guys go down, but like Nick said, I mean, this is an opportunity for some of those those young guys to step up and and kind of fill that void. And then especially with cutdowns, I mean, this is different than what we've had in the past. It's one day. NFL rosters are going from 90 to 53, just like that. And, of course, practice squad and stuff goes in there as well. But it's all one day. There's no t- there's no tiered cutdowns this year. And so it'll be a mad scramble for a lot of these prospects that are going to be available on waiver wires and be picked up by other teams. I think the Cowboys are probably going to be looking at offensive line. They're going to be looking at linebacker and possibly kicker, depending on what that looks like as well. All right. When we come back, we'll wrap things up here on Talking Cowboys. We have a busy week ahead. What should you be looking out for as the Cowboys return to training camp at the Star in Frisco? With more Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. 
Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know. I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. (laughs) New Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream, the new flavor you deserve. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Glad you're with us here from the SWBC studios. We will be back on Thursday, by the way, 10 a.m. Central Time. And you can go ahead and send some some text or get ready to send some texts at that point. 817-290-3298. You've got the uh, the call line. We're going to take some calls on Thursday, gentlemen. How's that sound? I want to hear from Love Cowboys it. Nation. I'm with it. I want to hear from everybody. So be ready. Thursday, we're going to hear from the fans. We're going to talk a lot about the practices that we have coming up. Starting tonight, Cowboys Night at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. 6 p.m. Things get kicked off in terms of practice. Before that, opening ceremonies at 5.15. You can watch Isaiah Stanback mm-hmm. and Nick Harris and Bill Jones and myself on the TXA21 broadcast and on DallasCowboys.com going live at 5.30. So plenty of ways to watch practice tonight. Isaiah, what are you looking for this week? We talked about the injuries Putting those aside, what do you want to see from the team as they get back to Frisco and they continue to to march toward week one? Healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good answer. (laughs) Yeah, That's number one. I mean, continue to put it together. I think this is a tricky week, right? Because as coaches, you still have a job to develop the players that you have on your roster, but you almost can't help but start – letting your mind start drifting towards the regular season kickoff. Um, For coaches, they know for the most part who's going to be on this roster. 95%, I would say, they probably know at this point in time where the roster's at. Most teams do, unless somebody just has a a Turpin-type day that just changes everything on its head. 
Um, these injuries put things into a little bit different perspective. Offensively, I would imagine that Sean McKinnon's job is probably secure now. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, you're you're looking at other people's rosters and you're trying to figure out, okay, can is Cox going to you know present himself the way that we would like for him to come off of his ACL from a couple years ago? Um, is Devin Harper going to be able to fulfill the role? You know, on special teams, what does Bones Fossil think? Are these guys showing up on special teams or enough to be able to be on the roster at linebacker? So you're you're looking at some of those. That's probably that five percent that you're probably taking a look at. Um, so you're getting those guys prepared to do that, and you're just trying to get out of this week healthy, honestly. Um, and then you then your mind switches over um, next week. So that's where I think that this team needs to be focused on right now is continue to execute, stay healthy, um, build upon this offense. They're probably going to start expanding the offense within practice, I would imagine. Not necessarily forward-facing, um, but practice, you have to start, hey, motions, different position, uh, different personnel groups. Okay, we're going to start adding these different flares to the offense and start building on it. But this is hard because the threes need to get reps, but your ones also need to start getting their reps too so it's a tough week yeah and at the same time that's focus is slowly starting to shift over to new york giants that's what i'm saying yeah yeah we we had asked um uh office coordinator brian schottenheimer last thursday somebody had did when the preparation for new york starts and he said within the next seven to ten days so that that probably tells you right after that oakland game new york film let's get it so um that's that's coming soon but yeah playing they're playing oakland Man, man, strike, strike one, strike one. Las Vegas, there you go. Raiders, we're gonna keep you in check. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm typically you're the youngest one on the squad. You shouldn't be saying Oakland more than anybody. (laughs) At least I didn't say Los Angeles. Yeah, that's fair. That would have (laughs) been that would have been interesting. I'm looking forward to that offensive line. Yeah, you know, being on that conference call yesterday with Mike McCarthy talking about how. You know, this will be the first time for the ones to get team reps together because obviously Zach Martin, you know, is, is worked his way back in. So to see what the offensive line has, that's very high on my list. Um, you know, when you talk about getting prepared for the Giants, I kind of feel like they've been preparing for the Giants all off season. And when I say that, I mean that there's just a lot of stuff that they're not going to show offensively. Yeah. That and, and and that's what makes my time covering the team. Maybe there's another game that I'm not thinking of, but I think this might be the the most I'm looking forward to a week one, just because, you know, I mean, you had Jason Garrett going to Scott Linehan, going to Kellen Moore. You had some similarities on the offense, and they will, there will be some carryover. But there's part of me that's thinking that there's going to be some stuff that we see week one that we're just like, whoa, where was that? Like, just that they just didn't want to even show it, to even have it out there. And so maybe we'll see a little bit of that stuff in some of these practices here. Maybe we won't. Maybe they're, they're going to hang on to that stuff uh, for week one. But Little things like that, I, I, I'm looking forward. Certainly, I would like to see some of these linebackers step up. You know, when you mentioned Jabril Cox, one of the first things I go to is, and I hate to be negative like this, but with him, he showed signs of being a player before the knee injury that you're like, yeah, he's going to be a player. Mm-hmm. And then so it makes you wonder, too, with Overshone thing, you just can't automatically assume he'll get right back to what he was right away. I mean, the ACLs take a little bit of time there. So you really need a Jabril Cox, Devin Harper to step up. Um, so that that's another area for sure. And then just because with the offensive line, still my number one concern is really that the depth on that offensive line. I just I wouldn't feel great about anybody having to come out and any backup having to go in yeah. in week one right now. Yeah. I was just about to lean in on that. We've kind of looked past the old line and Matt Walesko's uh, injury. I think he had a, sublux, a subluxation of his shoulder. I've had my fair share of those. Um, and it was his opposing shoulder from last year. Yeah, different shoulder. So. <laughs> Yeah. So okay. So since you've had those, <laughs> what what's the worst part about them? You can't punch. Okay. 
You can't punch. There's no shoulder stability. Your shoulder's unstable. I can't hold, I can't stop you from pushing through me when my shoulder capsule isn't solid. So that, I, I hate to think about it like that. I mean, the, the trainers and the doctors make the final ruling on that stuff. But just from my experience, I don't see that being a viable option anymore. And that sucks for him back-to-back years. But, like, now, well, let's go. If you take him out the picture, Hoffman's been getting pretty <laughs> – done in pretty bad on the O-line. Um, you know, not be honest, but um, – Farniak Farniak hasn't mm-hmm. had the preseason that you'd like for him to have. So to your point, w- what happens right I, if, if somebody goes down? I did like in the second half of that game the other day, I thought the interior of the offensive line did okay. It was Matt Farniak, Brock Hoffman, and Josh Ball. Those were the three guys on the interior. But I didn't say that until the latter parts of the third quarter. Whenever they were whenever they were playing in the second quarter, I wasn't saying, wow, look at this interior offensive line. It was late in the game whenever I finally made a mention to myself and said, ooh, um, okay, well, now they're doing work. So I think I'm with you as against the ones. I, I don't feel comfortable with any of those guys going in. John said that a second ago as well. But if, if you're going up against the twos and the threes, they're always going to look okay. I mean, that's part of being a two and a three, but that's what they are. I mean, they are – reserves for a reason on that offensive line and I don't think they have a guy that they feel comfortable with throwing into a, a spot situation. I just think that okay this is a team that if not even looking at any other team just looking at this current Dallas Cowboys team maybe I'm taking it for granted but I, there's a part of me that thinks okay you see so many of the offensive linemen that the Packers have under Mike McCarthy that mm-hmm. were drafted later and then just on this team you see how they were able to develop a guy like Terrence Steele where do I think Terrence Steele has got the upside of Tyron Smith? No. But there were times where you were like, man, this might, they might have something here. This might be a swing tackle, maybe even a starter. I, I don't say that about any of the backup offensive linemen right now. Yeah. I really don't. I think the number the only guy that I've even remotely thought about that is, or that way of. I'm interested if you're going to say the same person as me. So I'm thinking of the same thing, too. TJ Bass. Oh, I wasn't. What were you thinking? thinking. I was what gonna, were you, that's a good point, though. I, I was going to say, well, let's go. I was no. saying awesome. Well, let's go last year. <laughs> I, I, I was yeah. underwhelmed at times with what let's go in this camp yeah. for, for obvious reasons. And now he's coming back from injury. I think before the injury, I looked at it and I was like, okay, maybe yeah. this guy could do something, especially last year. I felt really good about what let's go. So him coming back from injury, I expected that again. I don't know if I ever got that. that re- I don't know if he reached those expectation levels for me. I think TJ Bass exceeded my expectations for tj bass and so i'm not saying he's ready to be your backup right guard by any stretch of the imagination or backup left guard or wherever you want to put him but at least he's shown that he can exceed the expectation that i had for him initially and i don't know if i could say that about any of the rest of the offensive line i would say with awesome richards not necessarily that he's exceeded any expectation but he's done really good in adversity being able to battle coming in as the starting left tackle on two days notice fighting in that after playing guard a lot after playing guard the entire camp and then switching mid-game to guard doing that in the both of the games and i i I think he's he's definitely held his own there and i know i've emphasized it many times but i don't want to cheat his process there so if it takes you know later in the season to where he even gets on the field i'm cool with that as long as he feels comfortable doing it at both of those spots but i feel like they're lining it up to where he can be that reliable option on the um a tackle or a guard so who's your swing tackle awesome richards. awesome richards yeah wow let's yeah. see but that show you have a fifth round rookie yeah and that's your swing tackle yeah i don't think anybody I will say, should feel though, confident if you told like me that, that yeah. though 
that during Terrence Steele's rookie year, I'd have been like, all right. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. And he was undrafted, so. Yeah, so he, he had even less stock. Maybe in there's him. just a lot of luck involved with finding. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't... obviously, this, this organization has done a phenomenal job at finding him in the first round. There's sure. no question about that. But after that first round, it just, I don't know. It's almost like corner with me where it's like some of these corners you'll take like in the second or third round and then you get and, – and there's just so many ups and downs. And then you get like a Duran Bland where you're just like – and I never really saw any ups and downs and he just seemed like nothing was ever too big for him. How did that guy not go in like the second yeah. or third? I don't know. Yeah. Credit to them for drafting, but also it, it's never a perfect science. Yeah. Never really is. All right, how Isaiah. Deuce Vaughn ends up in the sixth round. Yeah, exactly. How about that? Deuce Vaughn again. Fantastic uh, in week two. I just feel like we should mention his name every show. We, we I got. To get it let's in just there throw it in. <laughs> I don't know how it took to this point in the show to, to mention Deuce Vaughn. Another touchdown. Has he earned enough? Real quickly, has he earned earned a day off on Saturday? A day off. A day off. <laughs> no. Pads off. No. I don't think so. I think Tolbert no. has, and I think Rico Dowdle has, but I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, Rico has. won't touch the field. I don't imagine. I, I don't need to see any more Sam Williams. To be honest with you. Okay. I don't want to see any Damone Clark at all. And yeah. He was playing. Yeah, he was playing special showing. teams in the <laughs> second half of that game. Please get him off the field. Let's yeah. wrap him up in bubble wrap and get him the week one. I, uh, I, I think I agree with you. I, th- I think all three running backs are going to play again because based off of Mike McCarthy yesterday in his conference call, he said Ronald Jones is going to be hard pressed to make it to the field That's a good Saturday. So I don't know if they're just going to roll with two, and it would be Deuce and Malik Davis. I, I think they'll probably keep. They could roll three. with more carries with Hunter Lipke. That's what I was going to say. That's Maybe yeah. I think it'd be yeah. Malik Davis, Deuce, and Lipke. Yeah. Okay, not a bad, not a bad trio, not a bad option. All right, uh, quickly, one player to watch this week at, at Cowboys practice. Go, Devin Harper. Devin Harper. Zach Martin. Ah, stole that's a my good one. Goodness, I was going to say Zach Martin. It's his first time getting getting on the offensive line, so I'm going to I'm going to piggyback off that. Okay. He's been he's been like staring at me this entire. You know how like there's those pictures <laughs> yes. where like well, I don't know if it's the Mona Lisa where the eyes like follow you. Like I, I just every time I look at Kyle, like, right he's, like, over my shoulder, at, Beam and, could probably take my and camera. And probably as point angry as I've ever seen him. <laughs> yeah, there he is, right there. It's right right there. That's Zach Martin. You can't see the eyes, but they are looking at John. And that's yeah. the name of the episode, Mona Lisa. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's the eyes. Look at there. <laughs> <laughs> looking at John the whole yeah. time. And then there's Micah looking at Isaiah, at, at Isaiah the, all, all across the room. All right. Uh, mine is, man, Zach Martin's a good one. I'm going to say Awesome Richards. I want to see if we're going to put him, if we're going to make him our talking cowboy swing tackle, then I want to see him step up and continue to play better. Um, so, yeah, I'll say Awesome Richards this week at training camp. I want him to learn from Zach Martin a little bit as he gets back out on the field. But that's going to do it for us here on this Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys. Again, we'll be back on Thursday, 10 a.m. Central Time, right here from the SWBC studios. For Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Come on, John, get with it. Yeah, yes, little chopper. Get, get out of here on Talking <laughs> Cowboys. We'll see you on Thursday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys. Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!